I fucking hate Aaron Jones. He's the he is the person in fantasy football you ever like have like a couple years in a row a guy and you're like I fucking hate that guy. Never again. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, I've had Allen Robinson be that guy. Um, yeah, that happened to me a couple years ago too. Chris Johnson was that guy for a minute. Fuck Christian McCaffrey for a second was, and that yeah. that's really made me look dumb. I haven't been one league though. I had no. I got him fifth overall. Um, Aaron Jones, I had him three years in a row. And then this year, the very first trade that got proposed to me was someone trying to trade me Aaron Jones. Yeah. And I just sat back, fuck off. And it's a league <laughs> of guys I don't really know that well. It's like my brother's friends. And I don't think the guy took it well because then he went into the group text and talked about how he's not coming back next year because I'm hoarding players, which is a thing you can't even do. What does hoarding players mean in fantasy football? It's nothing. It's just because I grabbed in back-to-back weeks, or two in two of the three weeks, I grabbed Achan and McLaughlin. And he's okay. pissed off about it. But Why? Yeah. It's a waiver wire. Yeah, and my team was awful those weeks, so I got the first pick. What the fuck do you want yeah. from me? And that week, with, when I got McLaughlin, I actually had the third spot in the waiver wire. He was ahead of me. He just didn't even put a claim in for him. Then he was mad about it afterwards. Unreal. So you don't have the foresight. That's how Paramore's team is in, in my one league. Really? Like, Paramore's team, like, he just kept losing because his draft strategy was ridiculous. He was <laughs> definitely the first person to take a defense, and he took the Steelers. Then he takes a backup defense, and he took two kickers. All right, he's just bad at fantasy football, it sounds like. He's like, no, I got this strategy. It either works and I win the league, or I come in last. It's one or the other. It's like, so you mean sometimes you get lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Pound Town Podcast, Will Burge, Brian Kenny. Uh, we are presented by no one and nothing. And we are live at the free farm. Free agents. We are free agents. Not Asians, free agents. Uh, we are live at the farm. There's nobody around. There's no boats today. No. Oh, there's one boat. There's a tiki boat coming. Here we go. All right. Well, look at those psychopaths. It's freezing outside. What are you doing on a tiki boat right Strength now? Strength enough to where you're warm. I, the only way I'd want to go on those tiki boats, by the way, shout out to uh, live mixtapes as well. It was right. I would, I would want to drink tiki drinks. I'm going on a tiki boat. I'm going to drink tiki drinks. A, I don't think they have a tiki bartender on there. I think there's just a, a driver. He's drinking Bud Lights. He's drinking Bud Lattes. And then <laughs> uh, two, it's so fucking cold. You need like spiked apple cider or something if you're out on the water right now. It's fucking freezing. I've only been on one uh, on the water drinking excursion. It's one of the most fun fucking things I've ever done. What was it? It was a pirate ship in Tampa. What? Yes. My older sister took me and my younger sister onto this pirate ship in Tampa. And they're like, it's all you can drink alcohol. And we're like, fuck yes. So my <laughs> older sister, she like paid for it because we were younger and real broke. Um <laughs> It ended up being all families and then us. Just getting tanked. So just all these kids, like very small children, and then their grandparents, and then there's like a, an adult area to sit in. And we like buy these fucking souvenir goblets with like <laughs> skulls and crossbones on them. And it, all they had to drink was either Budweiser or Bud Light. There really wasn't anything else. But me and my younger sister got our fucking money's worth. <laughs> In Budweiser and Bud Lights. And because they were free, we kept filling up the goblets with them yeah. and doing big, violent cheers. It was going everywhere. And we got absolutely hammered. We ended up being a part of the show. They put my younger sister in a costume. And like we were getting fucking... <laughs> they gave everybody, all the kids, squirt guns to squirt her. And they gave me one, too. And I'm just standing point blank right in her face. It was so much fun. That sounds awesome. Yeah. Besides the Bud Light, Budweiser part. I don't like... The- Fuck it. Um, not for the reasons that I'll, probably most of you out there. I well, just Bud Weiser's good. Bud Heavy, once a year, July 4th, I'll have a Bud Heavy. I'll do, I'll do I used to do Bud Heavies. It's an American thing to do, I feel like. Um, we got some stuff to talk about today. I do want to dive into this Deshaun Watson shoulder injury um, and, and also what's being made of it. I, said, I think that's as, if, as big, if not bigger, of a story than what's actually happening. Yeah. 
Brian, the reason we haven't had a podcast in a while, A, is because uh, I just didn't ever reach out to anybody to fill in for you. <laughs> but B, because Brian's been on a fucking Euro trip, baby. Yeah, Woo! baby. World traveler. Trip. So we're going uh, we to, I want to hear all about this. I've heard nothing about this trip so far. So I want to hear about that. I had a pretty fun incident while you were gone. That's exciting. Uh, I was hit by a car. What? <laughs> yeah. I have only told this story to like four people so far. So now tell you're going to tell the world. Yeah, okay. I'm tell everybody who's listening to the podcast. And by the way, shout out to all these people. We had a bunch of new subscribers and a ton of downloads while we weren't doing what? a podcast. So I don't know if people were just like, were assuming it wasn't working and they were resubscribing and downloading. Now, there it. is one guy in Scotland who uh, was my hotel bartender who, like, I got drunk and started talking about all this stuff to him. Fuck yeah. And I think he's a, a new follower, if I'm not mistaken, unless he just told me that to shut me up. That'd be awesome, though, if he was. So uh, shout out to my that guy, guy, Jacob. Yeah. All right. So what's, Jacob, if you are. You need to reach out to Brian and let him know that you listen yeah. to this episode. Oh, speaking of boats, now the big boy's coming through. There we go. All right. Just reaching back in our roots as a boat podcast. Uh, Reddit story <laughs> of the week. And um, there was something. Oh, Tito. Officially gone. Yeah. I was there for the last home game. I'm sad I couldn't be there. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. It was a cool little thing. And, um, but I do want to get into who, who especially because of you. I had some really good compliments. Uh, I want to find out who you think should replace him. Uh-huh. I had a couple really good compliments. One, Kevin, who's uh, one of the owner and proprietors of Westles in downtown uh-huh. Willoughby. Shout out to Westles. We had another killer fucking comedy show. Brian couldn't make it. He was a tired boy. I was. And, uh, but Bill Squire closed it out, did about 45 minutes of his new hour, which he fucking crushed that room. Good. Hannah Belmont crushed that room. Uh, God, Carmen. San Diego. Siracelli. 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 Funny fucking old Italian guy. Older Italian guy, he just, I mean, tore that place up. It was a good, that was probably, I didn't want to say it was the best one because you weren't there, uh-huh. but it was probably the best one. Good. But yeah. It was, it was a good time. People missed you though. We were asking where you're at. Oh, nice. And then Kevin told me, uh, and there was like two other people standing on and agreed. They're talking about uh, baseball and like where you can actually listen to people talk about the Guardians in town. And he said he thinks we are the best people to go listen to. Yeah. I, now I did give a shout out to the, uh, Selby's God cast because yes. Zach Meisel and TJ Zuppi are, they really know what they're, they're talking so about. Fun. And a lot yeah. of what I say is regurgitating what they say. Yeah. So that's everything. What I say is yeah. regurgitating what someone else says. So yeah. it's fine. I just package it funnier. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I've got but, my one original thought and you fucking hate it. Yeah. <laughs> so what was that? Kyrie. Oh yeah. That, that is a dumb idea. It's but, not. Anyway, shout out to Westles, and uh, if you're tuning in for some Guardians talk, we got you. Tonight is actually the first preseason game for Cavs. We're not going to dive into preseason basketball. No. I'm the only nerd who's going to give a shit about that. Yeah. But I am going to be consuming it nonstop because I, I really want to be able to – I want to be that same thing for hoops because I do think there's a huge – there's a blind spot in Cleveland media right now for anything outside of Browns. There really isn't, oh, guys. It's not now, dude. It's, it's been always – it has been always. I mean, like in, in the LeBron era, there was a lot more basketball talk. But even then, even, even as the Browns were god-awful and LeBron James was here competing, it was, this is still a Browns town that still would dominate the yeah. airwaves. But I just think it sucks that it doesn't feel like very many people are even knowledgeable. And I, no. you, don't, you don't have to be Brian Winhurst or Zach Lowe, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But like to be able to – like I don't think I'm the most knowledgeable NBA guy, but I think I could carry a conversation at a level higher than – two guys getting hammered at the bar together. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't feel like that's the case for a lot. Of, and that's not a shot at anybody. I think it's just the way it is. Like, I don't, Dude, I will argue basketball until I'm blue in the face, and I, I know so little about it. I just do it because I like to argue yeah. sports. Like, do, you, do you know how many crazy, angry conversations I've had with people where I'm 
you know, on the LeBron side, they're on the Jordan side of the greatest ever discussion. I've never watched Michael Jordan play a basketball game in my entire life. <laughs> Not one game. I love that. I've never seen him play a basketball game. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> Maybe like a, a little bit of a Wizards game, but like that's it. You're like, no, no, no. Leonardo DiCaprio, absolutely a better actor than Denzel Washington. <laughs> oh, what Denzel Washington movies have you seen? None of them. I haven't seen a single one, actually. None. But I can take one look at that motherfucker and I can tell. He's Leo's one in 15 without Pippen in the playoffs. <laughs> Uh, that's really funny. Um, yeah, because honestly, like, the, like as much as I wasn't the biggest fan of Adam the Bull on the air, he was fine, whatever. But baseball-wise, I think he was the guy who really held the standard in town. Like, uh-huh. he could chop up some baseball talk. I don't, like, I would put you right there behind. I don't know anybody else who's talking at that level Aww, in town. So. That's so sweet. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I just want to fuck you because you're home and I missed you. Yeah. Uh, let's start with some Browns talk now that we, now that we just <laughs> did all that. Uh, the world is ending, Brian. I don't know if you know that <laughs> Dude, yeah. Things are wild right now. The world is ending. Deshaun Watson has a shoulder injury. It is a rotor t- rotator cuff uh, contusion. It was previously called a shoulder contusion. Never mind the fact that those two things are in the exact same place on your body. Uh-huh. People are furious about uh-huh. that. They do not like that. <laughs> uh, I have the hottest of all hot takes on this. I okay. mean, the hottest of all hot takes, and I'm going to save it. I want to find out what you think. Big deal, not a big deal. What are your initial thoughts on the the, it, the way it transpired leading up to the Ravens game, because we haven't got to talk about it, and then now how it's transpiring after the bye week? So I, I think that easily the biggest thing is to fancy coming out and saying, well, he got medically cleared to play, but he just didn't think that he can go. Like, that's, that's under the bus, man. Yep. He threw him right under the fucking bus. And there's, I just don't get the motive behind that other than you, they looked that bad out there. And he's trying to say, like, you know, he could have played. So uh, Don't blame me for the yeah, game plan. I don't know how yeah. I feel about this. <laughs> um, so, yeah, like that, that shows that things aren't going super great over there right now. Um, Deshaun, okay, if he really can't throw, he really can't throw. And a lot of this fan base has told ourselves, okay, we all want a Baker to sit. He refused to sit. We've seen this before. And this is actually in his throwing arm, so it's even worse. But, like, was he actually medically cleared to play? I want to know that. Is that officially confirmed? Because that's a big deal. So he said in in his press conference yesterday Kevin Stefanski said there's a difference between medically cleared and functionally able. Mm. So the medical staff essentially, it's what it sounds like to me is the medical staff said he won't get any further injured. We think it, he's safe enough to play if he feels like he can play. And Deshaun went out and tested it. I mean, Andrew Barry even said it's felt like Andrew Barry was cleaning up a mess a little bit oh, when Andrew he came Mary, out. And Andrew Barry definitely yeah. had to clean up a mess. Yeah. Um, but he said he couldn't drive the ball more than 10 yards down the field. It is what it is. You have to start DTR in that situation, right? I mean, it just is what it is. Yeah, if that is the case, then yes. But if that's that's a little bit of an exaggeration, if if he really could throw the ball, it just kind of hurt a little bit, and he's worried about preserving himself, it's like, well, you're making a whole bunch of money, and we've talked about it before. Like, this is the year. You have to make Real big waves. And so far, you looked really bad, really good against a horrible start to a Bengals season. Yeah. Um, they went on and continued to get embarrassed and continued to look that bad out of the poor weather. And so that win, not as impressive. You know, after the game, you're like, okay, you know, equal playing field with the weather. But that was a team that was in the AFC Championship in the Super Bowl the year before. That's a big win. Not as big of a win now. Week two, you got your fucking heads kicked in. Fucking kicked in by a Steelers team who 
Granted, did just look very good against the so Ravens. Just did the exact same thing to the Ravens. Kicked the shit out of the Ravens. Even, ugly even and the, still uh, the strip yeah. sack and the scoop and score yep. at the at to exactly end. Exactly like, the same. It was, yeah. it was so close. Um, but, I mean, that same Steelers defense got carved up by C.J. Stroud. Yes. That was wild. C.J. Stroud, I said, so it, I said it when he got drafted, he should have been taken first. Some people will say Anthony Richardson should have been taken first now after seeing yeah. the first couple weeks. Yeah, but he's just going to run headfirst into a wall every week and not be able to play every Yeah, dude, week. you're killing my fantasy team. Yeah. Just slide. <laughs> but, uh, and then the other game, I, I only got to watch, well, I actually didn't get to watch any of the Titans games. So I, that we were, uh, we'll talk about it later. I was in uh, Richmond. Oh, nice. Touring the Ted Lasso city. Oh, hell yeah. Uh-huh. So we didn't get a chance to watch that. Because my baggage situation got fucked up, and we had to do the Richmond trip during the Browns game. Um, but the fucking DTR start, goddamn man! I think he tried to do too much. I still don't think that we made the worst decision ever by keeping him over Josh Dobbs. But like, it just seemed like he was trying to be Michael Vick out there. He was trying to do some college shit, and he wasn't just getting the yards that he could in front of him. He tried to hit home runs, and he was just swinging out of his shoes every time. I would agree with that. I think Kevin Stefanski holds some blame there. I think he was a lot of blame as um, well. But I also don't know if it's as much as people want to throw on Kevin Stefanski, and I'm not going to be an apologist here because I'm about to actually kind of ream him here in a second. But I'm going to start from my hot take. You ready for it? Yeah. This is the hottest take you will hear on this. Anybody say that has a microphone in front of them. Okay. This isn't that big of a deal. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's really not that big of a deal. I think it has become a big deal. I think there's only two mistakes that have been made, mm-hmm. and they're very definitive two mistakes. Uh-huh. Neither of those mistakes would have changed any outcome in the Ravens game or in the game against the 49ers coming up. The first one is the Dobbs thing. Uh-huh. I know people were mad, and I saw T.A. saying and Ben Axelrod, like, oh, nobody cared when they traded him away. Yeah, but nobody gives a fuck what Bill and Parma thinks. Or, quite frankly, what Tony Grossi thinks, right? No. Or what I think, or what you think. It boils down to what a professional organization thinks. And the fact that they felt that DTR was ready to jump into a game, because that is a scenario that you need to play through in your head, and look competent enough to keep you in it, they were obviously wrong. So that is a mistake. Now, would that have changed the, the Ravens against? Probably not. And I don't think there's a chance in hell it would have changed the game against the, C- the 49ers coming up. So that is minuscule, and it's really not that big of a deal anyway. But... If you want to hold that as a, a little tick mark in the negative column against Andrew Barry, that's fine. The biggest mistake of this entire thing was exactly what you said. And as Kevin Stefanski, there was zero need to say that he got medically cleared. Coaches don't say that type of shit. No. And I think the, I went back and I've literally listened to that, like not just the clip, but like the two or three minutes before and after. Uh-huh. At first, I thought the same thing. I was like, wow, this dude was just trying to save his ass, man. Yeah. He was just trying to say that. Look, that game plan wasn't on me, right? Go back and watch it. It almost feels like the second he says it, he wishes he could catch it coming out of his mouth. I'm sure, yeah. And I think it's one of those things where, dude, you're up there, you're taking questions, and he's trying to, like, you know what I mean? And he just said something. He's like, fuck, I should not have said that. Because all that did was create a narrative around this that really doesn't need to be there. Dude, starting quarterbacks get injured in this league. Running starting quarterbacks get injured in this league. Running starting quarterbacks that get injured after the best player and the number one rusher in the NFL on your team just had a devastating injury, it amplifies that, that injury. So this, all in all, if, you, if he doesn't say that, people are pissed off about what's going on. But realistically, you're just like, fuck, man, I wish, I hope Deshaun gets back soon. You know what I mean? I'm not going yeah. to say, I heard some guys calling a sports talk radio. He's soft. I got a buddy in my group text saying he's soft. He got the money. He quit. 
Look, the only thing we really have on Deshaun from an injury standpoint is the broken ribs punctured lung where he drove to a game. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on this one. Everybody's going to say that I am just a Watson hater because I've made my, my stance on all of the Deshaun Watson shit very clear. But the Tennessee Titans defense is a pass funnel. They are an amazing run-stopping team, although they just got their fucking heads kicked in by Zach Moss. Um, but besides that, they have been among the best run defenses in the league and one of the worst pass defenses in the league. So Deshaun tearing them up, like it was nice that it happened. It, hopefully it gave some people some hope, but like I, I need to see him do it versus a real defense first. Well, yeah, obviously, but that's the defense he was in front of him. It was just nice to see him. That is a defense you should beat up on. Yeah. It is. I mean, and now going into that game, I think people thought um, they were a little better defense than that they've shown since then, right? Uh-huh. I think especially because the offense is so bad now, it's putting so much pressure onto the defense. Yeah. But, you know, he needs to carve that defense up either way. That Ravens game was going to be awesome to see. This 49ers game was going to be huge because this is the type of game, that's why you go out and get this guy, because this is the type of game you need Deshaun Watson to win. Yeah. I still think there's a chance you see him on Sunday. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if tomorrow, when you guys listen to this podcast, it's already said he's, uh, you know, he's back in practice and they said he was throwing indoors, whatever. Um well, at this point, if he can throw the ball 20 yards, you better fucking play this game. This is the game where if yeah. he can throw 20 yards, you can call him soft if he sits out. Because, yes, this is why you were paid. The window is small, man. I sound like an absolute broken record. Jesus. But at some point, that money that started out as like 40 mil a year, it's compounding to like 60 mil a year over the next couple of years. It's going to eat up a giant piece of the cap, even if they raise the cap. You know, this offensive line, everybody's complaining about how people are performing, and Jed Wills does fucking suck. But Yeah, I think that's pretty much uh, established now. He's th- terrible. This is half, <laughs> you know, PFF being a scam and half truth, but they had us as the 10th best pass-blocking team, uh, offensive line in the league. Number 10. That is not that bad. No. Uh, part of it is not on the offensive line. So... They're good enough. They're good enough. They're good enough. They're fine. And I think once they get their shit together, although Betonio's banged up now, so that could be a real problem. But at some point, Deshaun Watson's not going to have a veteran offensive line in front of him. He's not going to have these guys. You you can't afford to pay everybody at some point. So this is the time to win. This is the season right now. And your head coach, I'd imagine his job is on the line. It has to be. 100%. It has to be. And so you set everything back even further if you got to bring in a new offense after this. Actually, I'm, dis- I'm going to disagree with what you just said. This is not the year to win anymore. I think that automatically changes when Nick Chubb goes out. They are still have a ton of chips in the table. But, but I you're, think, you're not going to have Nick Chubb moving forward. They're not going to pay him. I know. I, I mean, I agree. So that's, that's what I'm saying. That did change. The, the, right away, you're saying, okay, well, now we have a quarterback who invested a ton of money in. The running back's gone. That guy hasn't shown us anything. So he ends up showing you against Tennessee. He's out injured. I think the, the jury's still out of whether or not this is an all-in year. And I'm totally okay with them not going out and pushing, you know, trading a bunch of assets that they don't really have for a Jonathan Taylor or one of those guys. I think you've got to make do with what you have this season, which is still plenty enough to win. I'm not giving any excuses here because they should be fighting for a playoff spot no matter what this season. Unless Deshaun's out the next seven weeks, there's no reason not to be at the very least fighting for a playoff spot. At the very least. I got to disagree with you. Nick Chubb going out. Nick Chubb, and like he, yes, he was your absolute best player. But once you go out and you pay Deshaun Watson, he's the focal point. If you still have the focal point of your offense as well as most of your weapons – 
it still has to be win now. Like this team became a Deshaun Watson team as soon as he got here. It is not a run first team, or it's not supposed to be a run first team when you're paying a quarterback that much. For sure, and I and do giving th- up that many first round picks. Well, what I would say also is you didn't get, you actually didn't watch the Tennessee game, but I think there was a different Deshaun Watson on the field in that game because. Okay. It did seem as though he was like every single player was like, this is now just on me, which yeah. was it's a positive that he thought that and then delivered on it. That's great there. You didn't see a lot of the indecision we had seen up to that point. Uh, it was it was much. The first quarter was actually this more of the same. He threw a pass backwards. It was fucking insane. What was that? I, I kept hearing about that. Like he, what? he was getting sacked and there was a. Uh, I don't remember who the safety valve was behind him. I want to say it was Jerome Ford in that play. And as he was getting sacked, he just kind of tried to throw it to him and threw it backwards. And okay. it was a terrible decision. From that moment on, he looked like one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL in that game. He looked that, that good. That's how fucking – and it wasn't just – he had a couple deep ones where there was some broken coverage in the secondary. But, Brian, it was the three steps, plant the back foot, drive it into a curl route, one he threw before the break even started. And he's hitting guys in stride where they're supposed to be. The ball's actually being placed to where they can try to move with it after they make the catch. Okay. It was everything that you saw out of Deshaun Watson – back in the Houston days that everybody drooled over him where the teams were lining up to go and try to trade for him before all the off-the-field shit hit. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, I'm not, I, I, I'm not giving them any passes here, right? Like, even if they, they lost last game, even if he doesn't play this week, they'll obviously lose this game. That's still two and three. It's really not that bad to start a year. I, I would love for him to be three and two. Two and three, you're not out of it by any means, especially the AFC does not look that fucking good anymore. No, There's a ton of like, this is a mid. This is the one thing I was going to say, and this thing's really rubbed me the wrong way about the NFL this year, is we are so caught up in bullshit like this. Like we have to make this thing this huge, huge issue, right? Now we're saying Deshaun's quitting on the team, and this, that, and the third, and they're shoving Taylor Swift down her throat, and all this shit. All that is just to mask the fact that the NFL product has been fucking mid this year. There's how many good games has there been? Two. Shit. It's been some bad fucking football, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just the other night. The Cowboys getting stomped by the 49ers. That game last night was fucking terrible. Yeah. I mean, not that we thought it was going to be any better than that, but there's just a lot of bad, or I should say mid-football teams this year. That's why even if they get the two and three, even if Deshaun doesn't play this week, I really don't think it's the biggest deal in the world. And this is a huge if, though. Huge if. If Stefanski and this coaching staff don't let this spiral out of control, which I have zero reason to believe they won't because they haven't been able to keep that from happening through his, uh, his entire career. So that is my one worry here is that the narrative and the talk around it will continue to grow because Stefanski has a really hard time keeping control of that shit. Two and three is rough when you haven't beaten anybody really solid. You don't have a really good win on the books. I, like, I don't know. I, I don't feel as encouraged as you. But see, if they beat the Ravens, you, you'd be saying, you, and then you but saw the Ravens. Yeah, no, but if they did, and, they, and the Ravens lost to the Steelers, you'd be saying the exact same thing. Well, they just don't have a good win on the books. You no, know what I mean? if they beat the Ravens, I would say that's a solid win. Based on our, our record of, with the Ravens since 1999, which is just abysmal, beating the Ravens is a big deal. The Ravens are still, like, yeah, they'll have an off week, but they're still a very good team. Yeah. And that's a big deal for me. As a Cleveland fan, beat the rivals. Agreed. Beat the conference. That's a really big deal. Even if you're... You, you end up the season and you're fucking six and 10, but you handled the Steelers. You handled the Ravens. I'm not going to be that mad. Like as a fan, I really, really get a lot out of those wins. I would agree with that. I mean, just any, anybody in the division is a huge, it feels like it's a giant win, even though yes. I agree with you on the Bengals one, Joe Burrow looked like he couldn't even fucking move in that game. The weather no. sucked. And then he finally looked good this last week when I had him on my bench in fantasy. 
Um, but you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it took a couple weeks for them to get there. I just, who'd they play again? It wasn't Arizona. Good. Yeah. They played Arizona. garbage. So he still has a lot to prove too. He hasn't, sure. he hasn't beaten anybody. He looked much. He was actually able to move in that game though, which was, which is the, he hadn't been able we'll to move. See, we'll season. see when, when, when the, the real competition shows up with him. Cause I, I, I know he's, uh, he's very good. He's shown to be elite a lot more recently than Deshaun has. So he gets for sure a lot more uh, leeway in the overall conversation. But as far as the this year conversation goes, him and Deshaun, it's like both of you guys, you've beaten shit. That's it. I I just don't think the two and three, and I'm just saying they're going to lose this week, which I don't even think is the case. Two ways. One, if Deshaun plays, they could beat the 49ers. Are they the favorite? No, they're not. Look at the betting odds. They can beat them, though. This that is the NFL. a huge win. It would, be, it would be the number one win of the Kevin Stefanski era where he coached because he didn't coach the Pittsburgh. He did not coach the Pittsburgh. Yeah, I was thinking about that on the way here. Yeah. Um, it would for sure be Deshaun's number one win since becoming the Browns quarterback. Easily, yeah. They could win that game. If he doesn't play, or even if he does and they lose and they're two and three, I just don't think it's the end of the world. This is... Two and three teams make the playoffs all the time, especially now that there's 17 games. There's, and the, the schedule just gets so fucking soft, and it's not even projecting out at this point. There's just a lot of mediocre-ass teams on this schedule. I mean, I know you got the Colts after that, and especially with Anthony Richardson gone. Even with Anthony Richardson, they weren't that big of a, of a threat. Them, yeah. You should handle them. After that's the Seahawks. The Seahawks are solid. Solid team, and the it's on the road. The Seahawks that's are a, t- are a, good that's a tough one. Um, then the Cardinals. You can beat the Cardinals. You should beat the Cardinals at home. Then the Ravens again. And then the Steelers. Broncos, awful. Dumpster fire. Broncos fighting. are terrible. Raven, Rams, now it looks like a tougher game. They don't look like they're tanking as bad any longer. No, I don't think that points? they look like they're tanking at all right no. now. Like, they, they look legitimate. The defense isn't what it used to be. It's not yeah. this star-studded lineup like it used to be. But Matt Stafford is fucking cooking right now. The Jags don't travel well unless it's fucking London for some reason. The, oh, somehow they're Two awesome London in games in a row. That's so disrespectful <laughs> to Jaguars fans. It's, it's insane. Uh, Bears, god-awful. The Texans, while Stroud is playing well, they're not good. Like, I know people keep looking at the fantasy stats. Stroud's putting up numbers, but they're not good. Um, and then you got the Jets, who God only knows what their situation is going to be by the end. But they're a tough team. I feel like that's going to be a tough win. And Bengals end of the year. But you can legitimately say through that middle of the schedule, there's four wins you should for sure have in there, right? So you've got to grab a couple more. I just don't think it's that crazy. I, I just don't think it's – I, I don't understand the panic. In the NFL, it's a week-to-week league every week. Four wins puts you at six wins. I mean, yeah, but I'm not saying there was only four there. I'm saying I know, four but like, like for four, sure you should. Have. So then, then you got six. You got to get to at. You have, need four other wins. All right, so Colts. Uh, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. Give, we're gonna play a little schedule game here. I'm gonna say they lose Let's to the it. Niners. So Colts, I'm gonna give them that win. That's three and three. I'll even give them a loss to the Seahawks, even though I think they can and should win that game. Uh-huh. I'll go three and four. Four and four after Cardinals. Just for the sake of randomness, I'm gonna say they win in Baltimore. Um, Five and four. Let's say they get swept by the Steelers at home. Or, you know, let's flip those. Uh, four and five, and then five and five after the Steelers. Six and five, six and six, seven and six, eight and six, nine and six. You're nine and six going to the last two weeks of the year. That's not that crazy. That was literally, I gave you a split with Baltimore and Pittsburgh, and it gave you all the easy games. That's nine and six going the last two weeks. Uh, I just, I don't know if it's going to go down like that. <laughs> I, don't, I think that. Based off of what I've seen so far, and I, I'm hoping I'm wrong, I think the Ravens and Steelers ones are losses. Broncos are definitely a win. Um, the you Rams, the, I don't know. Oh, you think the Steelers are going to come in here and win? Based off of what I saw previously, yes. Man, they got every, the Browns made every mistake possible to give them that game on the road on Monday Night Football. That feels like a game that the, they could, the Browns could be in by 20 at home. 
They, I, dude, the defense, I don't know why you were, you were like, you're just not giving any credit. The defense is fucking good. They are. I, I don't care what happened against Baltimore. They're on the field a shit ton. Baltimore exposed them in the run game a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. the defense is fucking good. That's a good defense. They travel. They, they were physical. That travels. They're good. They're really good. I just don't know if they are a world beater defense quite yet. I, okay, all right. I'll even agree with you there. I still think that's not crazy to give them those four wins. I don't think it's crazy. The, that's the Ravens just, and Steelers. I, yeah. I don't think you're crazy for thinking that. I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, the sky is falling talk is just good. It's just, I don't know. It gets old to me. The NFL, this is the one thing about the NFL, and it's the good and bad part of it, right? The good part about it is never fucking stops. So you just something that feeds you all the time. You always have something to chew on. You always have a new bit, uh, bit of information. New injury report came out. A new little bit of drama here. This, that, there. Somebody says this about somebody on their fucking podcast, right? It's good about it. Yeah. The bad about it is it never fucking stops. And 90% of what we're talking about isn't the shit that matters. 90% of it is us pontificating off of something. What is the shit that matters? The shit that matters is what happens on the field. And what happens on the field is subject to so much randomness because teams are so closely packed talent-wise. I would think every year, almost, almost every year, but especially this year, there is almost zero difference between everybody in the league besides maybe San Francisco and I still think Dallas is pretty good Philly. talent-wise. Even Philly. Philly can get knocked off by anybody on any week. I just don't think the, the, the rosters are that different. The worst, quote-unquote, worst teams in the league are still competing in their, the, the Arizonas and the Rams and these teams. They're, they're still competing every week. The fucking Bears just lit somebody up. Who the fuck did they just light up two weeks ago? Washington. Washington. Who's a solid football team? So that's a, the, the randomness of it, if you take every single week and you freak the fuck out or you scream Super Bowl after every single week, You'll go insane, but that's what the NFL is built, and it just—I don't know—just gets it gets fucking old to me. I don't know—I don't know why. I like it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I okay. like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, how will you? So if they come out this week, Deshaun plays and they beat San Francisco, how, that's huge. That's yeah. a giant change in my outlook. I but like I need to see Deshaun Watson look like the Deshaun Watson that we thought we were getting, and I—I—I I, I mean, I didn't see it, so my opinion on this doesn't fully matter, but. The, the Titans are among the worst pass funnels in all of the NFL. So him lighting them up with passing when they're one of the worst passing teams or passing defenses, it just doesn't do it for me like seeing him actually beat the Ravens, beat the Steelers, beat a legitimate opponent. I do think that's fair. I, I, guess, I guess what I'm trying to say here is I'm not even in wait and see mode because I'm not giving them an out this year. They need to be competing for the playoffs. Yes. I just still think it's very much on the table. I haven't seen anything to the contrary to be like, oh, dude, this could be turned into a disaster, except the fact that your head coach just can't stop stepping in fucking dog shit for some reason. His game plans have not been great. And it doesn't look like he's really tailoring the offense the way that we all thought they well, would. Well, Tennessee definitely said was. Would. Tennessee was 100% tailored to him. They looked okay, fucking good. It looked like Deshaun Watson's offense in that game. Okay. So, you know, we'll see. I've got a DVR. I just haven't had a chance to watch it. I'll have to go watch it. Let me ask you quick before we move on. How much, and I completely in lockstep with everybody says, part of that is on Kevin Stefanski for not changing the game plan for DTR. I don't know if it's as much as we want to believe because I do think, I was told on Saturday by someone inside the organization, Deshaun's 100% playing. Yeah. I, I think they all just, they're like, yeah, he's playing. Yeah. And then he's like, fuck, I can't go. And they're like, well, shit. All right. Yeah, I so, think that that's why a big reason why Stefanski was throwing him under the bus is, is too... You know, even if he didn't mean to do it, even if he didn't want to, I think a, a big reason that it came out of his mouth is 
to let everybody know, I fully game planned for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Everything was behind Deshaun Watson playing. It was pretty obvious. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I, it's hard to really shit on Stefanski there, but like, so far the games I've seen, Stefanski has not looked great. Um, and we got to also remember, who did Stefanski and Andrew Berry praise the shit out of those next couple of days? David Njoku for playing with a melted face. Yeah. Like, they're talking about what a warrior is and how tough he is and shit. Did and, you see any wounds on his face? I mean, he had like a crazy weirdo fucking rap on it, so I didn't... He, I, uh, I think that mask was just kind of to, to be the kind of kooky dude that he is. Well, I th- they said it. he had to wear it so the skin wouldn't stick to the helmet. Oh, really? Yeah, that's why he had to wear that in that game. Okay. They were worried about the skin ripping off of his face and sticking. I didn't really see him wearing it in the game. I was talking about the one he walked in with. Was, oh yeah, that, I mean that's. I, I was, was he not wearing it in the game? I'm pretty sure. He in was, the was. game, I was watching on my phone oh, okay. while Sarah was taking a nap next to me, so <laughs> I didn't get the best view of everything. Uh, either way, the the point remains that they took it upon themselves to heap praise upon David and Joku. Rightly so. Pretty fucking nuts to go play an NFL game after you just basically melted your face and arms off. Yeah. By the way, he lives in a condo. Where do you think that fire pit's at? <laughs> I was told he lives in a condo. I'm not saying it's not true. And, like, what did you do at this fire pit that would have burned you like that? Maybe, maybe somebody turned the gas on, bef- like, earlier than he anticipated, and there was... I've almost had my face melted off by my grill before. I guess. I, uh, fire pits, I never... I guess I just don't picture them being anything but wood-burning. Yeah, I'm sure this was a gas fire pit. This it was a gas yeah. fire pit? Okay, I didn't know that part. That, he just has the heaviest hand ever with gasoline. Yeah. He's like, fuck yeah, brother. <laughs> Whoa, let's, boy. Yeah, let's go. Um, all right, so you went out of the country. You I got did. some stamps on the passport. How many total they stamps? They don't actually you? stamp your passport. They don't? Oh, I think one place did, actually. I, say, I got a stamp when I went to Costa Rica. I think I might have one stamp. For the most part, all of the, the traveling internationally was like nothing what, what I thought it would be. Yeah. I thought that, that getting out of the country... And then getting back into the country was an enormous, invasive process. Like, based on what I've seen in TVs and movies, like, I expected them to be going through my shit looking for stuff. They did not do that at all. They mostly just, uh, like, scan your passport or swipe your passport or whatever they do. Ask you, like, so what are you doing here? And you're like, oh, we're going to on vacation. They're like, oh, what are you going to go see? It's a very, (laughs) very light, nice conversation. And, um... I was I was very nervous about it, so I got to the airport crazy early on the way there, and um, butthole full of drugs. I was just I was so worried I was, I was worried about like a, a hidden zipper pocket having something that wasn't supposed to be there. Oh, I always worry about that with my book bag. And, like, I, always kept, I, I checked each pocket multiple yeah. times, but like I'm thinking, oh maybe there's this little crevice that I just wasn't thinking of. Um, but thank God everything went through fine. So I get there real early, and I'm just kind of hanging out, playing video games. And then I got hungry, and I decided to do what I think is one of the more selfish things I've ever decided to do, and that is eat a pastrami sandwich before getting on a flight. Before you got an international flight? Before, well, before I got on the flight to Chicago. Either way, that's... But it wasn't that long before that, and I don't know what, if it's my slow metabolism or the way my <laughs> digestive system works, but we were talking about this with like when I was eating Smokies and beef sticks. Things will like sit on top undigested and I will just burp out the full flavor oh. of it. And pastrami is a stinky meat. Oh yeah, it is. And there was like, you know, sauerkraut on there. You're a fucking menace, dude. Why would you eat that before you got on a plane? Cause Sarah kept telling me, Sarah has been traveling more and more lately for work. Yeah. And she was raving about bar Simon. So I go to bar Simon and I'm looking at the menu. I order something. 
Yeah, order kind a of chicken regular. sandwich like a fucking normal person. I ordered something kind of regular, and then they're like, we do have gluten-free buns, and I'm like, oh, all bets are off. Let's, yeah. let's get the thing that Sarah told me was the best thing she's ever had in the airport. So I got it. And Wasn't that good? <laughs> it was delicious. <laughs> Bar Simon is easily the best place to eat in our garbage can of an airport. Oh, for sure, yeah. It's <laughs> the fucking rows and all of the concrete. So I am about to board my flight to Chicago, and then they bump it back 10 minutes. And they bump it back 20 minutes. And then at that 20 minute mark, they didn't bump it back at all. But at that point, people start deboarding the other plane. And I'm freaking out because my layover in Chicago at O'Hare, giant airport, was an hour and a half. That's it. We are rookie international travelers. We did not realize an hour and a half was nowhere near enough time. No, it's not. So I'm kind of freaking out. And by the time we take off, everything had been delayed about 35 minutes. So I'm like, okay, I have less than an hour now to make my way through this giant airport. So we get to O'Hare and they've made a little bit of time up in the sky. I got about an hour 10 and the plane lands and starts taxiing and keeps taxiing and keeps taxiing and keeps taxiing for a full half of a fucking hour. We drove miles in the plane on the ground. Did you say you went over a freeway? At one point, we went over a freeway. Now, I don't know that one person on the plane had this theory. I, I have never looked it up, but there's Midway Airport, there's, there's O'Hare Airport. Yeah. Are they, like, connected, sort of? I don't think they're anywhere near each other, Okay, they? so that's what this guy, he was like, I think we landed at, at Midway and we're driving to O'Hare. I'm like, why the <laughs> fuck would they do that? I don't know. I've never yes, heard of that. We, we land on one side of the freeway, and then we go over, like, an overpass. We're on a bridge over a freeway sitting in a plane. And then there's a red light at the end of the bridge, and we just sit there for like ten minutes. And I am starting to fucking panic. My Dirty time Honda is whittling away. Cut you off. <laughs> Big spoilers flying around you. Nothing was coming. Absolutely nothing. Everything was under us. Yeah. But everything on our level, nothing. I don't know why we're waiting there, but nobody's giving us any answers. Nobody's telling us why we're taxing. Everybody in the plane is like, "What is going on? Has anybody ever seen a plane taxi for this long? No, nobody's seen this before. This is weird. Okay." So then we get past that red light. We go a little further. What if you got hijacked, but they just didn't know how to fly? And just, <laughs> it's like, just, we're driving this motherfucker, dude. <laughs> I mean, I would have taken that over what I got, yeah. which was just no answer. Yeah. Just silence. We're playing this ours. You're like, wait, we also don't know how to fly. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody know how to take off on any of these things? Um, so then they're like, well, we can't, we, they finally give us an update. They say, oh, we don't have a terminal available. So we sat there for a little longer. And by the time they actually drove up to a terminal, I had about five, seven minutes oh, until wow. my flight was going to, like they were going to cut off boarding. Yeah. So we're all sitting there talking. Other people are talking about their connecting flights. The one kid's like, you know, we're in Chicago. He goes, oh, my flight to Madison. That, that's the plane right there about to take off. And I'm like... That sucks, man. He goes, yeah, I'll probably just drive home. Where, where are you headed? I'm like, I'm going to London. He goes, oh, you're fucked. He's like, they'll probably put you up in a hotel room. You'll have to go tomorrow or something like that. Because I looked online. We're sitting there. There's no other flights to, to London happening until the next day at like 11. Um, so the girl next to me, once we actually connect to the terminal, goes, if I were you, I would barge my way to the front of this plane. And I didn't even give it a second thought. I'm like, you just empowered me. I'm doing it. You are the worst 
the worst air travel I've ever heard of. You, you first of all, you poison everyone's nostrils with your pastrami. You burps. know, the pastrami burps weren't really happening on the first flight. Oh, they did so not happen bad. on the first flight. So you're barging through the people to get it. to the front with a ticking time bomb of pastrami to unleash across the pod. Absolutely, absolutely. But like, you know. If I, I'm sorry, I don't give a shit. I, yeah. I'm doing this. Yeah, as and long I, as you're telling people what it is, I and guess I'm telling right. people like yeah. I'm I'm doing this. I, yeah. I'm like I have a connecting flight. I'm sorry. I am sorry. I'm sorry. I have a connecting flight. As I made my way my way to the front, some other guy followed me all the way yeah. up. He had another connecting flight, and some lady sure at the front of the plane and like the business guys because I went from row 15 all the way to the front. Oh yeah, you were. Uh... I went for a while, and the lady at the front, you like crying, goes, "I have a meeting." I just went. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just looked forward and I stared forward and the, the flight attendant yelled at me and I'm like, I have a connecting flight. I'm not going back. So she goes, well, we're not going to open the door unless you back up a little bit. And I took two steps back. Yeah. She goes, fine. And then she opens the door and I fucking sprinted. And it is the furthest I've ran at that pace since college. Yeah. Since college athletics, I probably ran about a half a mile. I'd say it was about eight, an 800 meter sprint. Okay. Which was exhausting. And I am like a kick returner. I, people are walking through the airport and I am weaving between them. I jumped over some guy's rolly bag. There's little kids that I'm like juking out. Was it like a comedies where you just like completely check people? Like, get out of the way! And it's like check people. I, I made no contact. <laughs> I, I, I was clean, baby. The footwork was impeccable. You went straight Josh Kribler. I, I, and it, I almost, typically when I fly, I will wear slides with socks. Okay. And that's the comfiest way to fly. And I, I feel like it's a good compromise because I'd prefer to be barefooted. I was going to say some people would add that to the list of you being a terrible traveler. I actually think that's fine. If you got socks, it's fine. Yeah, I Who agree. cares? I agree. They're clean socks. It's fine. But I did not this time. I, I had my running shoes on. Thank God. Yes, thank God. And I, Sarah made me bring a check bag or a carry-on bag. I was going to just have my check bag, but Sarah got over there and is like, I horribly planned all of this out. I need you to bring all of my winter wardrobe. So I'm packing up all these coats and shit, but they asked me if I wanted to check that at the beginning for free. Fuck yeah, take it. Get this out of my way. So if I had that bag too to roll with me, oh, yeah. I wouldn't have made it. But I kept sprinting and my body... I'm wheezing. I'm so out of breath. And my, my, in my head, it's like, you can just walk real fast. I doubt it'll make a difference. And then it's going, no. Think of how shitty it'll be if you have to spend the night here and then you have to fly out like 11, get there like Sunday morning. It, it throws off all of our plans. Yeah. Like we had not planned to do a whole bunch in London. It was just two days. And there were two things we really wanted to do, which was the Tower of London and the Ted Lasso tour. So I just kept, I ran faster than I thought I could. And I, I get there and they go, you made it. And I had been like texting, like my parents, like I'm fucked. Kyle Hornhorst asked me to do the funny stop. So I'm like telling him like, yeah, I'll do it. But like, I'm, I'm in the worst mood right now. I'm sitting here fucked at the airport. And I get there and they tell me I made it. And I'm like, did you hold the plane for me? Which you told me they don't do that. Not for international flights. I did not know that. Cause my dad was trying to calm me down like through texting saying like, they'll probably hold the plane. You're taking the same airline. So they know that you're sitting there stuck, but I get there and they tell me I made it within 90 seconds. They said 90 seconds. We're about to shut this door. Damn. Yep. Is that the most accomplished you felt in a long time? It really was. I was going to say, cause I feel like that would, I would be on cloud nine after that. I was so thrilled, but my body was also like <laughs> all of what I had just done was catching up with me and I am like, like my lungs, like I start like coughing 
And so like I'm like walking out of the plane coughing. There's a COVID scare and everything. So, hold and, on. So now let's let's uh, let's figure uh-huh. out the situation for these new yes. passengers you'll be riding with. Yes. You have now entered the plane sweating and coughing. Sweating hard. Sweating and coughing. In the face. And you just took a pastrami sandwich and you put it into a uh, a sh- like a shaker like you're making a martini and you fucking shook that bitch yep. up for yep. for a cool 800 meters. Not even. I I just I I opened my jaw. <laughs> And I put an entire untouched pastrami <laughs> sandwich just right at the top of my chest so that it sat there and the smell was wafting out. So I sat down and the burps did start coming out. And I'm trying to like blow it up. Which is what I always do for Sarah is like I'll, I'll burp it out. I know you try to do it for me here too. And I still yeah, smell it. Yeah. I burp it. I, I blow it up because... <laughs> Because it all rises. The, the, heat, the heat rises. Of course, but also all of the fans are on blowing straight back down. So you're just <laughs> Dude, I was about to say, yes. You're it was absolutely <laughs> blowing it right back down on all of the passengers. So I'm like trying not to cough so bad because the lady next to me is wearing a mask and is clearly scared. And I kind of overheard her as I was like sitting down saying about like this was her first flight overseas as well and how scared she was for it. And then I show up looking very sick. <laughs> Stinking like pastrami. Stinking of pastrami. <laughs> and I popped two Xanaxes and just passed out. Like I was up for like an hour and then I passed out for like five or six. And I'd imagine I was burping and farting in my sleep. Like I can't imagine that I wasn't. You know, I've gotten reports back from, from the people who have slept next to me. I fart in my sleep pretty often. I I've just would love, I hope that you don't know that this happened, but you were A, farting and burping in your sleep, and B, just completely sleeping on that woman with a masked shoulder. The entire, for like, three of the hours, just, just burping pastrami at her, and she's just trying not to, to, to freak the fuck out. I had a neck pillow on, too, so it would have been like a whole bunch leaning on her. But... Yeah, dude. And then like we woke up the next morning and I clearly had collected myself. And that whole time I was like trying not to cough. I was just clearing my throat. I cleared my throat for like an hour straight. And I, the next morning I look at her, I'm like, so I had to sprint from like my connecting flight to this one. So um, the coughing that I was doing last night, I promise you I'm not sick. I'm just very out of shape. <laughs> and she laughed and she goes, I was actually worried about that. <laughs> And then she didn't bring up any smells because she seemed nice, but I'm sure I made them. Yeah, I mean, how do you say that? By the way, you fucking stink. By the way, what did you have before getting on the plane, you asshole? (laughs) Why do you smell like the dumpster behind a deli? (laughs) That's fucking all. All right, so obviously kind of a nightmare trip there, but how was uh, everything else? Well, they lost my bags because the connecting flight uh, obviously took off so quickly they didn't have time to take it off one and put it on the other. Yeah. So my bags didn't arrive, and... Um, I mean, again, we had two days in London, so they're telling me on the phone, Hey, like, you know, we, we have these coming over on Aer Lingus, which is a hilarious name for an airline. Um, so close (laughs) to analingus, which is eating ass. (laughs) So they say it's coming over there. Then they're going to bring it here and we'll like have somebody deliver it to you tomorrow. And I'm like, do you have like a time? They're like, no, it's an all day window. I'm like, I can't let you hold me hostage. We only have a certain amount of time in London. So when are they coming to you? I'll come get them. They say they're coming today. So we spent that first day. We went, got some food. We went to a, a cafe that had a DJ. Interesting. As well as a trumpeteer playing. Fuck yeah. Sarah loved it. It was not my scene. The burger was okay though. But like it was, it was a very, we stayed in Notting Hill, which is like a real artsy kind of area. 
Um, it's like if the nice parts of Ohio City were everywhere. Okay. And it, it's just kind of up its own ass. So we went and did that, and then we took a, uh, a train back to the airport. Like, all in all, but for the two of us to get back to the airport, 150 bucks. Holy shit. Yep. Um, and we get there, and they only had one bag. They're like, we think we took the other one over to American Airlines already. And I had talked to American Airlines before going to Aer Lingus. They're like, nope, they got it. And then I get to Aer Lingus. They give me one. They go, nope, they got the other one. And then by the time I tried to go back, it was too late. They were gone already. No. So the, uh, I had my big bag with all my clothes at least, but like all of Sarah's like winter shit that ended up, we got a call like three days later. They're like, Oh, can we still deliver it to this address? We're like, no, we're in fucking Scotland. Just send it home. Send it to Berea. So we yeah. do have it back now at least, but it was a pain in the ass. So can I just, I would like to, uh, let's, let's, first of all, let's save the Tito thing for Thursday because there's too much good stuff here. Okay. And we need something to talk about Thursday anyway. But, um, so you, you both bags are gone. You obviously have to go out that day to this fancy smancy little neighborhood that's up its own ass, as you uh-huh. put it, in your clothes that you flew in. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And this is the part I think I told you before you left. I was so excited because I know, like, just at first glance at you, everybody in Europe is like, asshole American instantly, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. Big old guy, sweatpants. And I love the fact that now I'm picturing you in socks and sandals and sweatpants. No, I did not wear them. Oh, Remember, I wore, I wore the running shoes. That's, that's oh, how that's right. I was okay. able to go. Yeah. All right. Well, it was better in my head. But either way, you're in sweatpants. Definitely. You're a big guy who looks like he's from America, eating a burger in a cafe. And I am wearing my, um, I wanted a very comfy t-shirt, so I wore my double XL college <laughs> football t-shirt. So it says Lakers with a football and a number 57 on it. So it definitely <laughs> like the most yep. Americans. It would be like in a TV show they filmed over there, the American stereotype figure yes. would be you. In that, I, yeah. Well, I stuck out like a sore thumb. Fuck and yeah, I was awesome. bigger than everybody. That's awesome. It was hilarious. And so, the good yes. thing is, like, you're just, once they talk to you, they know you're a nice guy and everything. But I imagine they look at you like, worst person on earth. It's, it's like, <laughs> worst you know, person on earth. After talking to people over there, they don't. Well, you know, I don't know how the Brits feel. They didn't seem to really care. But everywhere else we went, they hate the Brits. They don't oh, really okay. hate us. They hate yeah. them because they fuck them. They like owned them at, at different yeah. points and still do with Scotland. Yeah. Uh, so what was the best part of the vacation? What would you say is like the number one thing you, you did? I loved Edinburgh a lot. Um, it is the perfect drinking city for me. The scotch is very affordable. We did a fancy scotch tasting where Sarah found out she couldn't drink before the trip. And then we get there and we paid 125 bucks a person and Sarah goes, he's going to be drinking for two. And they're like, uh, we're going to have to figure something out. And we're like, no, we paid for this. Yeah, I'm drinking. I'm drinking for two. And they're like, well, can you help carry him up the steps? And she goes, no, he'll be fine. He had seven scotches last night in an hour and he, and nothing happened. And so I did, I had 12 scotches in an hour and a half. Holy shit. And it was just fine. I really was hoping Scotch guy was going to come out of it. And you start speaking in an accent or something. Scotch man came close to coming out. And then my buddy Jacob, who, uh, who followed the podcast uh, the night before that we were just sitting there shooting the shit. I was talking to him about how he felt about Americans and talking about comedy and all sorts of shit. And uh, he was giving me very nice scotches for cheaper than they, uh, yeah. they should have been. So that's, I appreciate you, Jacob. Shout out to Jacob. Shout Good out to luck in your film career, buddy. Um, and then did you do a Guinness tour too? Is it, was that no? We did not do the Guinness tour. Yeah, that's right. I, I can't drink beers. Yeah, we plan on going there. So Sarah could have something, but then she couldn't drink. So yeah. Um, you did the Ted Lasso thing. We went to Richmond, which is a, I've never called anything charming in my entire life. It's a very charming city. Interesting. It's a very charming city. It's beautiful. Um, we went to like the bar that they're always at. We went to uh, like that row where his uh, like flat is with mm-hmm. all the flags and shit. 
and just kind of did like a little walking tour of our own. Um, that was a good time. We went to a Game of Thrones museum in Northern Ireland. That sounds awesome. That was fucking amazing. We saw the actual Iron Throne. That blew my mind. Um, Ireland was gorgeous. We went to the Cliffs of Moher, or uh, Moher, as the Irish guy kept saying, the Cliffs of Moher. <laughs> this kid, he's trying to, obviously trying to like make a name for himself in the tour industry, and he's like reading us these fucking... I, I don't know what you'd call them, like old stories about Irish folk heroes. And he's talking Fables? Uh, uh, what was the name? Coo Colin. Coo Colin was a warrior. And he's telling <laughs> us these stories. And the story was just such like something that like a little kid would make up because this guy's pretty much Superman. He just keeps fighting all these people. And then he fought him and he was the best ever. <laughs> and he beat him. And it took three days. They threw boulders at each other and they were so tired and then they shook hands and he said, Cool, Colin, you are the best. Sounds like stories my grandfather used to tell. But my grandfather was typically the one fighting people in those stories. Um, you said charming, by the way. The, the young lady that I was just talking to for a little while, mm -hmm. at one point when we were talking, told me in reference to something about her parents, have I ever met her parents or something? Uh -huh. It was like, yes, you are very charming. And then at the end, when it was all very much falling apart, she said, uh, I just want you to know your charm is your evil. <laughs> like, I kind of wanted to make my profile, my charm is my evil. But uh, that is, that's a really good way of surmising you. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Ah, so that's dope. So the Game of Thrones thing, uh, and you said you sat in the, the throne, right? No, they, they did not let you sit in the throne because oh. it's made out of real swords and it will cut you. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, actors had to wear padding because of it. So like the seat is also swords? The throne is made of swords, like melted down swords, like point and hilt and all. Damn. And the, like the blades make up where the people sit. It's fucking awesome. That is pretty fun. How big was it? Was it huge? Enormous. Yeah. Yeah, and like the whole tour was, like that's where they shot a lot of it. Northern yeah. Ireland was a big, like they did a lot of outdoor stuff, a lot of like the, uh, the Stark and Lannister camps uh, that would be set up out like in fields and shit. It was filmed like right outside of this place. Damn. Um, and then a lot of the studio stuff, like the actual like Great Hall of Winterfell where the, uh, the Starks are from, it, it sat, what we walked through is exactly where they filmed it on the exact set. And then That's a lot of the other cool. sets were just rebuilt, like, you know, for people that watch the show, like Dragonstone and um, a lot of stuff beyond the wall. It, it was awesome. That's really cool. And then uh, flight home okay? No. Flight, <laughs> flight home once again. We had an hour and a half layover, and then there was a slight delay, and then we got off, and they gave us, this time they gave us, like, express passes to go through customs and to get through security. But once you get to security, they're like, we don't recognize those express passes here. Yeah. And we're just like walking past people and like it's a group of us that are just doing it like nobody's telling us you can do this we're just doing it and we're just cutting people and then we're thinking we're fucked but then they delayed the cleveland flight like an hour of course and so by the time we were through everything we like sat at our gate for like 20 30 minutes the best part of that is i bet you somebody who was way behind the line that you walk in front of walk past uh -huh. the other and fucking just saw me with my feet up playing nintendo <laughs> like, switch like fucking americans dude <laughs> fucking americans this dude. was in america this was at jfk oh okay I got this you. was at jfk oh, that's right because you went um, through customs edinburgh is an amazing city i highly recommend that to fucking anybody it's everything looks burnt it looks like there was a fire that just gently kissed all of the old buildings mm -hmm. and it's because everybody used to burn coal and and wood ah. for heating 
And then they never power washed anything or really tore anything down. A city town, if you will. Oh, it's, yeah. It, it, you feel like you're in a Charles Dickens novel walking it's through. It's awesome. It's amazing. Do you have any inklings, any urges to turn into a new, like, Jack the Ripper? Because that's, that's probably how I'd feel if I was there. <laughs> Maybe I didn't want to do it. Maybe I'd want to find one. But something Jack the Ripper-ish. Sarah loves spooky shit. So we did go into these, like, vaults under, like, an aqueduct. Oh, okay. Where uh, back in the early 1800s, like it bars used to use it for storage. Mm -hmm. And then it was so disgusting because of people throwing their chamber pot and shits everywhere. And it just like coming through the limestone that they abandoned it. And then criminals took over it. Fuck yeah. And it was like, you know, you'd be in there and pitch black. They say it's one of the more haunted places in Europe. Is that what's, um, as above is below based on, isn't it? Isn't that based on, you ever seen the preview for that movie or you probably watched it. It's uh, I think it's based up on that. If it's not that, it's something like that. It's like those underground chamber corridors below. I don't know what city, but like some stupid foreign city. They, <laughs> <laughs> they were like they, apparently there was these bounty hunters that used to go and dig up fresh bodies to sell to the Edinburgh University to mm-hmm. study, like the hospital study, and then they started just like drugging and kidnapping and murdering people to get fresh bodies to get more money. Fuck yeah. So that was run out of that same place. And then also the, there was a big fire in the city and they hit a bunch of women and children in this one area down there and ended up like cooking them all to death. Holy shit. So we stood in that area where like a bunch of women and children died. Could you feel the hauntedness of it? I didn't feel shit the whole time. time. By but the it's way, supposed to be really haunted. Well, it's fucked up that they were drugging and killing people. So it's what they call an industry disruptor. You got to find a new way to make money at a better place. <laughs> it's not a bad hustle. It's not a bad hustle. Apparently, they paid more for the fresh bodies. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're home. Missed you, buddy. I missed you, too. I uh, wish I was still there, but I miss you. Yeah. That was, that was one of those vacations. You're like, yeah, I'm ready to go home. I like it, but I'm ready to go home. No. I mean, like, we spent so much money. So that was like, okay, unfortunately, we have to. We can't yeah. keep affording to do this. And also, we walked like 15,000 to 20,000 steps a day, so that was exhausting. There was no, not much rest and relaxation. Um, but no, I, I'd love to keep seeing different shit. Like, we yeah. hardly got to spend any time in Galway. That'd be awesome. Uh, Would have been cool to go to Glasgow um, and just more time in London. Do you have a Reddit story? It's yeah. Something? I don't have anything else on that. I, I was trying to think of like a good comment about your trip there, but it was just awesome. I don't even, other than like the flight there. I can't think of really any sort of even hilarious things that happened other than me dunking on the dude who thought I couldn't drink scotch. I also was trying to think of like a Euro trip reference and I couldn't think of a single Miscoozie. one. Miss Goosey. Miss Goosey. Miss Goosey. Dude, well, I'll tell you one thing. <laughs> so we, everywhere we traveled, we did a lot of public transportation. And so Sarah would take like the one carry on bag. And then I have my backpack on, which weighed like 25 pounds, which I was also sprinting with. So that also didn't help things. But then wherever we went anywhere, I had to take the two giant fucking check bags, which weighed about 45 pounds each, up and down stairs to get the trains and shit. And at one point, I had pizza from the night before that I wanted to eat on the train from London to Scotland and a bottle of water, like a liter of water that was like halfway full. And I'm fucking sweating my ass off carrying these heavy-ass bags up and down stairs and wheeling them around. And Sarah's looking at me going, could you drink some of this water? I'm so tired of carrying it. I'm like, I'm going to fucking murder you. <laughs> I am going to kill you right now. That's very much like your uh, little drummer boy bit. Yep. That's very that, much yes. like it. Yeah, My funny. joints are hurting and she's just like, oh, I'm carrying this water. You sure this pizza is going to be worth it? It better be worth it. Fuck you. <laughs> Yeah, it's goddamn right. It's gonna be. Do you have any idea how many how much cosmetics you have in this one fucking bag and how heavy that makes this? 
35 pounds. All right, so. let's, let's hear the Reddit story. What you got? All right, so I got I, an 18-year-old male, was getting my normal semi-annual checkup at the doctor's office. You know the usual, the boring wait in the lobby, the crying baby, nowhere to sit except by some pregnant lady. Yeah, the whole spiel. After about 10 minutes, my name gets called. I get up, sit in the room, and wait even longer. Then the doctor finally walks in. Also, really quickly, let me make it clear. At this point, I still don't know that I have a prostate exam incoming. <laughs> I'm relatively healthy aside from slight stomach issues. You can probably see where this is going. And I've never had a prostate exam before. Anyway, more than usual happens. The doctor asked me a few broad questions and finally got down to some more specific questions regarding my health and issues I've discussed at other checkups prior. And then went a little something like this. Uh, how are your stomach problems? Any changes? No, not much. Oh, okay. That's good. Actually... I don't know how I forgot to mention this, but I've actually had bloody stool. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to have to take a look at that in a quick second. My heart dropped. I began to scramble. Uh, will I, will there be a prostate exam? Well, maybe that could be required. Are you, are you good with that? I mean, I'd rather not, but if you think it's important, then, um, at this point I've kind of accepted my fate. Even if I didn't want to do the prostate exam, I still had to get my asshole inspected. After having some time to get ready, I assumed that the normal position for an asshole inspection, I presume, and laid on the table, butt-ass naked in a fetal position, and had seriously tried to embrace myself for impact. I had myself a little moment of silence while the doctor gave me time, but once I heard the knock, I knew my prostate virginity was soon to expire. My doctor opens the door, takes the chair, lifts me up on the table, higher like I'm on display in a museum, and takes a flashlight to glare down my shit dispenser. Some time passes, I feel a few weird touches on my asshole, but that's about it. I was ready to be done considering my doctor didn't say much. I assumed this was a good thing, but no, it was the complete opposite. So uh, I don't see anything. We might have to do a prostate exam to fully ensure everything's a-okay. Uh, okay. At this point, life doesn't feel real. I've had some weird irrational phobia of prostate exams ever since I learned they exist. So I knew that this was not going to be a fun time. Also, I'm not going to lie. I could tell my asshole was in a constant clench when my doctor was checking it out. And I'm surprised that she didn't say anything. Either way, the doctor had left and walked me back again, and now I was desperately struggling to get my mind off of it or to distract myself. She put on the gloves, did the gel, gave a countdown, but to be honest, all of this except the prostate exam is a blur. All I remember is hardly acknowledging the countdown, and boom, one small step for man, one giant leap for my asshole. Think of a finger, right? Now imagine said finger increased by triple its size, then shoved up your ass. This is how a prostate exam feels. Everything feels huge up there, and the sensations I was feeling were indescribable and overwhelmingly strange. I tried to get my mind off of it, go to my safe place or whatever, but I ended up mega clenching. I don't know what got into me, but I never knew my asshole had an auto-lock feature. Like, what's it need? Face ID? Nonetheless, some long-forgotten primal instinct kicked in, and my entire ancestry line's worth of force was all concentrated into that one asshole muscle, and I could tell my doctor was trying to move her finger, but it was legitimately stuck in my asshole. I want to over-exaggerate this by acting like it lasted over 10 seconds and they had to spray some WD-40 on my asshole to loosen it up, but every single second felt like a year to me. Finally, I learned how to tame the beast and loosened up for half a second, but that was more than enough time for the doctor to abort the mission. My doctor was in disbelief. She was confused. I was confused. My prostate was confused. I don't know. My doctor and I kind of just mutually agreed to not touch my asshole anymore <laughs> and just finish up the session so I could scream for mommy and go home to cry or whatever. And yeah. I really wish I had some sort of smart answer as to why this happened, but it could honestly be a combination of a lot of things. Again, this is my first and only prostate exam, so I don't know if she used the FDA-approved amount of gel or whatever, but all I know is that there is an unsolved mystery up my butt, and I need to get Scooby-Doo on my case or something. 
Okay. Uh, first of all, you have stool. You have blood in your stool. Doesn't matter if it feels gay to you. Go get a fucking prostate exam. Yes. I literally almost died. That's how I almost died. So I almost died. This is this is why. I mean, the story. I I showed up and I didn't have anything ready, and this yeah. was something that I, I liked the uh, the headline of it. So I didn't fully even read it before just now. Yeah. No. It's. I mean, um, I, I think this is a a fairly common thing. But yeah, I, mean? I wanted to bring up the topic because. I've had it happen one time. So you had blood in your stool and that's what saved your life? Yeah. That is well okay. actually no, what saved my life was me collapsing at the house, being rushed to the hospital, and them oh, saying shit. Oh, you uh you have very low hemoglobin. Oh, how low? Well, you're supposed to be at fourteen, you're at two point nine. You oh, should be dead right now. I don't Jesus. know how you're walking around. Yeah. So that was that's how my life was saved. But there was blood in my stool for an amount of time before that. And I went to the doctor once or twice. They're like, Ah, it's hemorrhoids, you're fine. Yeah. Um then I had to have exams and shit after that. I'll say this. Two things about the exam. One, the first one I had, I came. Second one, no. <laughs> no, it is an uncomfortable hey, Yeah, but it, it's, yeah, it's an uncomfortable thing, whatever. But, like, once you almost die, you're like, hey, do what you got to do up there. You know what I mean? It is not fun, though. Not a fun thing. I mean, like, he said that, like, the finger feels enormous up there. I have, I think we've all pushed out some logs. Yeah. That are enormous. A finger... While it feels uncomfortable, and like I had like three different doctors, they were getting like second and third opinions. It was like they were running a train on my asshole. <laughs> so a bunch of little Indian fingers running a train on my asshole, and that's not any sort of racial joke. There were three Indian guys, a hundred percent in real life. Three Indian guys yes. walking to Brian's asshole. I'll name Patel. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which one's Sadir? <laughs> so, but like. The worst part of all of it is them pulling it out because yeah. the only time you felt anything exit your asshole, it's poop. Yeah. So when it's coming out, it feels like you're pooping fingers. Yeah, it does. Yeah. And like you're, you're like, go, like go slower. Like, cause you feel like a, like a log is following yeah. that finger and that they're pulling it out and they've just like, they popped a bag in there and there's just shit following it. Um, I mean, I guess it's always best to err on the, the safe side and just assume shit's coming so that you're clenching I'm sure, a yeah. proper amount. Um, but the first time, I, really the only time I've had it was I shit blood, but I strictly shit blood. Oh, yeah, that's not good. Straight up blood in the toilet, nothing else. Yeah. And my body shut down. I was like, like it, it, I didn't poop for like five days because of that. Like it stopped producing any of that. But like I went to the doctor. Fear? Yes. Mm. I went to the doctor and I got everything checked out. And then the doctor's like, we think it's something called ischemic colitis, which is um, just kind of means that it's just a little dry down there. And uh, maybe don't be so dehydrated. And that was it. They're like, you can do, they, they had me do a, a stool sample. Did you do a stool sample? Yeah, yeah. That's a fun adventure. Yeah. They give you what looks like a pilgrim hat to put in the toilet. <laughs> And again, it took me days to be able to produce it, so I had to just wait. Looks like a pilgrim. Thinking that I had colorectal cancer. And then you then I took the biggest dump. The biggest swirled in blood dump. This is for you guys. And then yeah, like they give you butter containers and like a a, a tongue depressor. You just like scoop a little bit in. And I'll tell you what, walking through a hospital with a bag of your own shit is exhilarating. <laughs> It's a lot of fun. I was, I was in an elevator and there's like a little boy who is like at poop height with his head. 
And I was laughing so hard to myself. Like I was, I was like crying because I'm holding in the laughter of this little boy. Like I, I could have switched hands. I didn't. Yeah. And then I handed a lady a bag of my own poop and she said, thank you. And that was awesome. You know what? You're welcome. Yeah, you are welcome. <laughs> Take my poop. But the doctor was like, you could get uh, like a colonoscopy, but you don't really have to. But if you don't schedule it within the next week, it wouldn't be me doing it. I'm like, why do, why do I need it to be you doing it? Yeah. You can read the results after. I don't need you in my asshole again. I, I had a colonoscopy and then I had surgery. Colon, surgery up in my colon as well, too. Fucking brutal. How much did they take out? They didn't take any out. They fixed fissures. How they fixed them, I don't fucking know. Okay. I don't remember. I, it was, it's all blurs. in the middle of COVID. It was very drugged up. Thank but, God you didn't have to have a bag. <clears throat> yeah. then you're really walking around with a bag of poop. Dude, I, I'll tell you this right now. To be serious for a second, that is, they say that is the worst surgery to recover from. It fucking sucked, dude. And it has nothing to do with how sore you are sitting down. Like, that plays into yeah. it. You get so bloated, oh, yeah. the body traps the gas inside, okay. and you can't let it out. So it hurts. Your stomach is like hard as a rock. Hurts like a motherfucker. It's a dead middle COVID. No one's in the hospital. No one, like, I can't see anybody. I was going fucking insane. It was the for only, one and only panic attack I ever had in my entire life. Oh, shit. I had a fucking panic attack. And I was like, you got to get me the fuck out. You got to get me out of this place. I need to get out of here. I need to get out of here. Like, you that need creepy? a doctor right fucking now, dude. I was just so stir crazy. It's so bad. I just needed to get the fuck out of this place. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was doing pacing up and down the hallways. but the How more, long were you in there? Like eight days. Oh, shit. Yeah. And the more you walked, the more gas would produce and the more it would hurt. But if you lay down, it would hurt worse. So you'd have to like walk to let the gas out, but it would produce more gas and hurt even more. Dude, it was like the worst fucking cycle of Damn, shit, dude. dude. Just a fart attack. Literally. Yeah, just a fart attack. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. Well done, sir. Put, a, put a bow on that. That was Thank good. Thank you. Sarah had a, heart, a fart attack once. Went to the hospital for it and everything. Yeah. And they're she just like, man, called me fart. crying. It was the night before Thanksgiving. I was on my way to Hilarities to do a show. And she called me crying saying like, she thinks that like her appendix is going to burst and like she needs to go to the hospital. She's going to have her neighbor take her. I'm like, I'm calling off on the show i'm coming by the time i get out there she's like got this really embarrassed look on her face she goes i started farting and i feel a lot better <laughs> it's like a, like a four-year-old <laughs> she looks so embarrassed and i'm laughing my ass off and then she's telling the nurse and doctors i think i'm okay i just have gas it was so funny sarah had a fart attack that's an expensive fucking trip right there. yes yeah. it is that sucks uh, I don't got anything else. Yes, we'll you do. What Tell do I... me about getting hit by oh, a car. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay, we do got to get that in here. Um, should I save it for Thursday? You want to know? No, I got to know. It's a quick story. So it is the Sunday, uh, the Ravens game. Uh-huh. Yes. Is that a, that's a home game, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Sunday, the Ravens game. Wasn't feeling going out or anything. As much people tailgating. It hit me up in the morning. I didn't want to go. Yeah, because it's the day before my birthday. I, me and Robbie go to Hoople's. By the way, shout out to Hoople's. Maybe the most underrated fucking bar in Cleveland. Killer view, super cheap drinks. Norm is high as a kite in edibles at all times. It's all fucking, right. it's awesome. So we're there watching the game. And uh, no, you know what? I don't think it was that game because they won. I think it was, it was a Tennessee game, actually. It was definitely a Tennessee game because uh, they just, it was a win. Either way, it doesn't matter. Go over to, I'm like, didn't want to go anywhere, but they just have that huge win, right? So, and I, I don't know if this dude listens to the podcast or not, but some dude walks up next to us at the bar at the game's just ending and he's got his laptop in his hand. He's like, Will? Okay. He's like, from Barca? I'm like, yeah. He's like, uh, dude, huge fan. We're blah, blah, blah. Let me buy you a shot. I'm like, all right, cool. So we start bullshitting. He's like, dude, let's go get a fucking beer, dude. Let's go get a beer. And I'm like, you know what? 
I'm feeling it now. Like we're at a bar. Let's just have one right here. I know. He's like, he's like, no, I want to go to fucking. I was going to go to West Six. I'm like, you know, what? I have my buddies over there. My buddy Mark just got off work. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I'll let's go over there. Fine. I was like, you care if I ride with you? He's like, dude, it'd be awesome. He's like, excuse me a second. I go outside. I don't want to say his name because I'm embarrassed, dude. I don't listen to the podcast. He was stuffing what seemed like a homeless person's amount of things from the front of his car to the trunk of his car. And instantly... That's my life. And instantly he looks at me, he's like, want to see something awesome? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I thought I got a video of it, but I was not recording, and I thought uh-huh. I was. He pulls out a golf ball and a baseball bat and proceeds to throw it up and try to hit it 20 times in a row and swinging and missing everything. <laughs> this is the, in, the middle of, in the middle of Canal. I think it's Canal, right? Going up next to Hoopals, I think that's what it's called. Uh-huh. And uh, he's missing. Finally, he connects, launches. It goes flying off the bridge, bounces all the way back to the Hoople's patio. I laugh. I get in his car. But you watched him miss that ball. 20 times. 20 times. 20 times. And you're like, he can drive a car. He's, he's fine. He didn't seem drunk. Um, and it's right up the street. It you just fine. assumed he was that unathletic? <laughs> just, it is. If you're just cold going into throwing up a golf ball trying to hit with a baseball bat, I feel like it's difficult to hit the first couple times. 20 was a lot. Once you get past the third time, three th- three strikes and you're out. Yeah, well, I'll even give you four. Not in this game. The Browns just won a huge game. I was ready. To, I was ready for a drink. <laughs> so whatever, stupid decision. But I get in his car. He goes up. Fine, getting over there. He parks. Goes to put something in his trunk. Can't shut his trunk. So he's freaking the fuck out, trying to shut his trunk, screaming, telling me about how his like chick just cheated on him and like caught it with his best friend, all this stuff. And I'm like, all right, this guy's a little fucking. He's a little out there. Okay, yeah, he's a little out there. But a nice dude seemed to be nice enough, whatever. I go over and uh, go to, I uh, stopped at a place here, stopped at a place there. This dude takes off. So he's like, I don't, I don't have my cell phone. You got to let me back in. I'm like, all right. Completely lose track of this guy. Meet up with my buddy. It was just too much going on. I wasn't very drunk. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go home. It was down there maybe 20 minutes. Go to jump on, uh, I go to get an Uber. It's like $35 to get back to Tremont. Uh-huh. I'm not paying, out of principle, I'm not paying $35 to go to Tremont from West 6th Street. Fuck that. So the scooter's there. Uh-huh. I'm like, all right, I'll just jump on a scooter. You had I've, a scooter accident. I always have had a fear of, not of me riding scooters, of or someone in a car hitting me. Uh-huh. I feel like that is a very common thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I jumped on that scooter, and within seconds, I realized, holy fuck, dude, this is dangerous. These car people are drunk as fuck driving all over the place. Uh-huh. So I'm coming down from West 6. I cut down to the flats. I get out of the where all the cars are, I feel a little bit better. I cut all the way through, go across the bridge, coming back up the other side. At that time, the street was closed down by Southside, cutting back into Tremont, so I got to go all the way up by um, Lincoln Park, which is a couple more blocks. Uh-huh. Cut a left in there. Looking down the street, there's nobody coming, nobody coming. I make that left, and I'm going to go up on the curb, so I'm like on the sidewalk. Uh-huh. Some car comes flying, silver car, it's all I know, and clips the back of the scooter. Like, just got the back of it, and I go, I mean, launched me through the air. Jesus. La- Thank God, Lincoln Park, the grass goes all the way up to the street because mm-hmm. it landed in the grass. I still have a black and blue mark straight across my shins where I obviously hit the scooter, I'm assuming. Uh-huh. My ankle was all fucked up. I could barely even move my wrist right and left. I still can't lift, like, weights These or anything. Fucking scooters, man. Dude, We've each had a scooter accident now. D- yeah, dude. And I fucking hit the ground and got up, and, like, it wasn't bleeding because it landed in the grass. And I was just like, what the fuck? I look up, that car is just flying away. Oh, shit. She just took off. And uh, some lady stops, and she's like, oh, my God, are you okay? I saw it. I was like, did you get the, the license plate number? And she's like, no, I didn't. You want me to call the cops? And I'm just like, why? So they could fuck with me because I had a couple drinks? You know, I'm like, I'm like, no. I'm yeah. like, no. I'm like, thank you. I appreciate it. I'm pretty sure I'm all right, though. And then I rode home, and I instantly started to feel the soreness around my body. And I was they fucked up. They could have given you a DUI, yeah, probably. For sure. Yeah. Dude. And it was not me at all. Like, there was nobody around, and I cut across and was going up on a thing, and this... 
person came flying around the corner and just didn't, apparently, I guess just didn't see me or wasn't paying attention. Thank God they hit the back of the scooter and not me. I mean, they yeah. fucking, the thing just stopped and I went Damn, flying. Dude. Thank God the thing still worked too because I just jumped back on yeah. it and kept on going. So yeah, I fucking got hit by a car. Fuck, dude. Scary. That's I, intense, like, yeah. I don't know if I'll, like I think on like a Saturday morning, early summer, like if me and my son want to go take the scooters from Tremont up to the West Side Market or something, I'd probably still do that. Never again after a sporting event. Fuck all that shit. I've largely retired from scooters. Yeah. I can yeah. imagine in your case, yes. Yeah, dude. <laughs> you fucked up that one time. Oh, man. I hit, I, I hit face first. Yeah. That hurt. It's just no fun. No, I... Like, when you feel like the impact, you kind of hear like a noise, you know, of like interior things. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And uh, I had worried that for like a split second, like I just caved my face in oh. and then it didn't end up being that bad. I mean, that like, kind of hurt for, for a little bit, but yeah, like my, my <laughs> orbital bone did not feel good for, for a few days. You got that uh steep Miocic head just so I could take, take a good shot. I guess, <laughs> but yeah, that did hurt. All right. That's all I got. All uh, right, me we'll, too. we'll save Tito for Thursday and uh, welcome back, buddy. Thanks man. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon.